0: This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 59. Don't you love how everything goes wrong right when it's the worst possible time? Murphy's Law is alive and well. Anybody out there that's anti superstition, you, my friends, are the delusional ones. You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your your next step starts now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast Small Steps for Big Progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show today. I'm Jason Hertzberger, the host of the Small Moves Podcast. Really glad that you're here today. Today's topic area that I'm going to be hitting is personal finance. In this show, personal finance encompasses ways to manage your finances or manage the assets that you currently have or that you currently own. Um, the <laughs> Very interesting. The last couple of weeks have been a little hectic here in the Hertzberger household. We have been moving. If you've been listening to the show for a little while, uh, you know that we have been in the process of actively downsizing and preparing to move into a 44 fifth-wheel RV with a family of four. If you're not new to the show, you've heard the story that this has been coming for a while. If you are new to the show, surprise, we just moved out of a 1,800-square-foot house into a 400-square-foot RV full-time. That happened a little over a week ago. We moved into... The unit, and we've just sort of been getting acclimated, getting out of the previous house, getting that house prepared and rented out and into the RV and getting everything working here, which was a slightly larger challenge than we had initially planned for. So The process of this move and the process of getting acclimated to this new lifestyle as well as our new space has brought up a really interesting topic in the area of personal finance that, frankly, we weren't fully prepared for. And it's something that I just want to kind of give as a word of warning for everybody that's listening to the show, and that is to have a have an emergency fund built up in the event of emergency last minute home repairs or expenses that you're not necessarily anticipating. Got some funny stories that have been happening over the last week as we've moved into the RV and the weeks prior to that moving out of the previous house and they run the gamut from, you know, this like the micro it was like the microwave stopping working a couple of days before we move out, the stove not working, the handle breaking off of the refrigerator, the need for install of handrails into basement staircases that the people that were moving into the house requested that we had been living without ever since 2012 when we moved into that house, and all of these different little random things that sort of came up that we hadn't necessarily prepared for. It's made for an interesting couple of weeks. So, what I want to do in this episode is focus on preparing for some of those unexpected expenses and ways to maybe help even prevent some of them from happening in the first place, which was something that clearly we didn't exactly have in line ourselves. So, I just want to make sure that you guys don't make the same mistakes that we were making. So, when it comes to home repairs, there's few expenses that pop up that are unplanned and unexpected that cause more frustration than certain types of home repairs whether it be plumbing whether it be electrical you know regardless of what it is power outages roof leaks etc like these are things that when they come up they seem absolutely tragic because they're things that in a lot of cases most of us out here in the general population unless you've got experience with plumbing or carpentry are things, it's not, it's not like your kid made a mess and you have to make, and you have to clean up after them or something where like a doorknob popped off and all you need is a screwdriver to fix it. And everything's cool. When it comes to these types of repairs, they tend to be a little scary and a little overwhelming because we don't necessarily know how to fix them ourselves. And it it becomes a waiting game. Oh my God, how long is it going to take for us to get a plumber here or an electrician here? Oh my God, is the water going to get over to that power outlet over in the corner? What's going to happen? Is my house going to burn down? Oh my God. Oh my God. oh my God! All of these crazy things pop through your head when you start running into some of these unexpected home repairs. So there's a couple of things that you can do to sort of help stave off the repair themselves, the repair itself. And in the unlikely event that these things actually do End up happening once you have done your part to prepare for them. There are some things that you can do to sort of put yourself at ease going into it in the event of it happening so that you know that you're covered. So I'll get to that part a little bit later. But first, Some of the most important things to remember is that home repairs themselves can be quite expensive, just to kind of give you a general idea. If you need a new furnace, if your furnace goes up, the average cost of replacing a furnace you know from on the smallest possible unit that you can think of is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $2500 upwards of 6 to $10,000 depending on the number of units in your property and how large the units are you know air conditioning can run anywhere from 3500 to seven thousand to eight thousand dollars new roofs are ungodly expensive anywhere from five to twenty thousand dollars depending on the size of your house and the surface material that you're using up there building or replacing a deck is something that we have intimate experience with because it's a process that we just went through in 2017 where we hired the worst contractor in the world to do this process for us and the building of a Twelve foot by twenty foot deck ended up taking roughly six months, and there's parts of it that we end up are going to end up needing to knock down and rebuild. So it was an absolutely delightful experience that cost us roughly seven thousand dollars, all said and done. Very very fun, and that amount does not include the amount of repairs that we're going to have to do that was done incorrectly in the first place. Fun times ahead in the Hertzberger household. So. When these things go up, they're incredibly large expenses for most people – unbearable expenses for some, and they can be avoided in some cases with some basic maintenance. So one thing that I'd like you to put on your radar, especially right now where we're coming out of the winter and now we're in full-fledged spring, is to go out to your property and look at your landscaping and clean it up. Uh, This might sound unrelated, but it absolutely is not. Tree limbs, That have taken a beating over the winter can wreak havoc on your home in storms. If storms come by, even if they're even if the storms are relatively light, if the house has or if the trees have taken a beating over the winter with heavy weight from snow and ice and heavy winds, if you get a not relatively mild storm in the spring, which is obviously relatively common in the early portions of the spring, that's something that can cause serious damage to both people as well as property. You know you don't want your kids playing out in the backyard in and the wind picks up and a 50 pound branch comes flying off the tree and landing on your kid or God forbid your kid or one of their friends. Like That's not exactly the most appealing situation to deal with, at least not from my perspective as a father. So that's something that that same limb can also bust through railings on your deck, bl- blow through windows, hit and knock down siding. And siding on your houses can cost thousands of dollars to fix. Because in a lot of cases, especially if you get a little bit of damage on one portion of the siding of a house, matching it with new siding is Damned close to impossible, so you end up having to reside an entire side of the house, and then that one side is going to look completely different than the rest of the house. So you'll probably end up residing the entire house if you have siding, and that's something that just can get into the fives to tens of thousands of dollars relatively quickly, all because you didn't climb up on a ladder and cut cut down a weak branch that was up there or hire a tree guy to come in and do that for you. I definitely recommend you doing something like that, especially as we're now getting into the spring. Another thing that would help prevent some fairly common issues with water in your house is to go up and fix damaged gutters. Also, again, coming out of the winter where these gutters have had a lot of weight on them, ...for the balance of the winter because of heavy rains and snow and ice. Damaged gutters can cause a lot of trouble in and of themselves. They themselves can break, fall off, and cause similar damage to tree limbs. But also, if they're still connected to your house, they don't necessarily look like anything's wrong. But if they have bent or dislodged in any way... What can happen is the reason that you have gutters on your house is so that the water from your roof runs properly down the roof into the gutters and then gets diverted to where it would cause the least damage on your property. What can happen if those gutters get slightly separated, even very slightly separated from the side of your house, is the water that's running down from the roof can miss the inner, the inside edge of the gutter and start running down the sides of your house. That happens. It can get into cracks in the window. It can get into the windows themselves. It can run down the side of the house and then pull up against the foundation of the house, which water being the feisty little devil that it is can find every little crack and nook in the foundation of that house and start flooding your basement every single time it rains i'm a person i have personal experience with this one so i highly recommend you getting your gutters taken to look at or at the very least take a look at it yourself and see if they just need to be whacked back in place or if they need to be repaired. Believe it or not, replacing gutters is not that expensive. It's one of the cheapest repairs that are out there. So just something for you to take a quick look at if you're listening to this in the, if you're listening to the show in the car or you're listening to it when you're out on a run or whatever it might be. When you get back to the house, take a quick 3 minutes and just walk around the perimeter of your house and just put your eyes on your gutters and just take a quick look to see if there's anything that looks odd. Speaking of water in the basement, water in the basement is a big cause of a lot of angst for homeowners. so something that I want you to take of take a take into consideration. Is using water sealant on the walls and floors of your unfinished basement. There, you know, they're every company in the world that makes paint makes the stuff now. I know Bear makes it, Zinser makes it. Like, there's a lot of different companies that make brands that make this type of product that you can find in every home improvement store on the planet, and it's basically. Super, super thick synthetic paint is basically what it is, and its job is to effectively seal a lot of those little nooks and crannies from the inside that the water that would be coming in from the outside would find and find its way onto the floor inside the basement. This is something that can prevent an enormous amount of damage to both your property, if you've got things sitting on the floor when water from the outside comes in, you can ruin anything that's sitting on the floor, whether it be furniture or household goods or appliances or you know, old pictures, whatever it might be. If these things aren't waterproofed when they're sitting on at ground level and water comes in, the stuff's done. You might as well just roll it all up and take it to the dump. So that's something to think about as well. That that repair is not at all expensive and you don't necessarily have to do it every year. Like this stuff costs in the neighborhood of 20 to 35 bucks a gallon to use the stuff and it goes quite a long way. So I highly recommend you doing that. And then along the same lines as well, back to the water, is looking at finding a way to grade or regrade portions of your backyard, or front yard for that matter, depending on the, the layout of your property, and seeing if there are channels where... Water sort of pools and accumulates in your property that creates that absolutely delightful mosquito infested swamp effect in the middle of your yard or worst case scenario up against your house. You know, this is something that going out and buying incredibly inexpensive bags of dirt and just literally pouring them into these holes and raking them out level, and then throwing down some throwing down some grass seed. this if it's an area that is already already has grass around it, this is something that's also, Near nearly free to do depending on how much dirt you need. You know, we, we were in the process of looking at regrading our entire backyard of our house and our property that we just moved out of is at about an eighth, one eighth of an acre. So it's not gigantic, but it's also not a small square row house backyard. And the amount of dirt that we would need to regrade the entire backyard came to the total of somewhere in the neighborhood of about $200 to $220, and that's enough dirt to regrade, call it an eighth to a sixteenth of an acre, and to regrade it properly away from the house. I mean, it's very inexpensive. Remember, we're talking about dirt. You can't exactly charge a whole hell of a lot of money for dirt, so this is something that works out really well. And then one of the last things that I want to, quick repairs that I want to bring up two is to repair and clean your window screens. The window screens are something that we almost don't notice until there's a giant hole in them, and then we wonder why that they, we have hornets and bees and mosquitoes and flies buzzing all around our house, and we can't figure out how they got in there. Obviously, those things cause a lot of angst amongst the family, and in my case, if you have tiny humans running around the house they tend to get freaked out and run and scream and cry whenever there's these little flying things going all around the house so taking a minute also a repair that will keep the outside of the house looking very good because ratty torn up screens look pretty cruddy and also that do the job that they're meant to do which is to keep like keep bugs and debris and just general crud flying around the air out of the house. When the windows are open, that's something that would cost you next to nothing to do. And that is incredibly helpful. So that with regards to recommended repairs, like those are a couple of quick things that I would recommend you guys taking a quick look at in your house, just to sort of prevent some of the stuff that could be happening down the road. Now, in the event of, running into problems with plumbing or electrical or whatnot, if you've been listening to this show for a while, I've harped on this thing in the past, so I do apologize for that. But for the new listeners that I have that haven't heard me talk about this, go out and get a home warranty. Home warranties are something that sound very gimmicky until you abs- until you need one. It's, all, it's insurance for All of the stuff that's in your house. When you talk about a homeowner's insurance policy, which is obviously something that everyone has, either if you're renting, your landlord has a homeowner's insurance policy on the property that you're renting. If you own a house, you generally will have one yourself. Look at the details of that home home insurance policy that homeowner's insurance policy and just check to see what's covered in the what is covered and in the event of what is it something that's covered like will it cover stuff for fire and wind and snow and rain but not flooding and earthquakes which is a lot of the case with most home warranties like that's something to think about you can add those coverages for more money obviously uh, to cover those things as well. But keep in mind that, you know, fires, hail, property, property crimes, if somebody's breaking into your house, like this is stuff that is covered if your sewer line or your main water line go up and causes damage in your house, generally speaking, that th- those things can be covered under your home warranty. So make sure that you've got a solid home, pardon me, that's not home warranty, that's homeowner's insurance, but that'll be covered by your homeowner's insurance. But Everything else, like if the if the dryer goes up, if the microwave goes up, if the oven stops working, if handles start breaking off of things, if your washing machine makes ungodly grinding noises and you can't figure out why, this is where something like a home warranty will come in. If you've bought if you've bought any sort of appliance anytime in the last 10, 15 years, you probably have it top of mind that Appliances are astronomically expensive compared to what they used to cost, and you know it. Do, it's not unusual to have to spend two to four thousand dollars to buy a refrigerator to keep your food in. The really, really cheap ones that are available tend to be very small and not hold a lot. Just to give an example of one particular appliance the home warranty that my wife and I have is through a company called American Home Shield we've had that policy in place for years and we have used it to its fullest extent and have gotten far far more than our money's worth out of it we have i have one on both of the properties that we own my Back when I met my wife, I was living in a small row house in Baltimore City. We've since moved out of that house and it's rented out. And we were living in our property up in Baltimore County. We I have a home warranty on both of them. The little row house in the city, I'm paying something in, to the tune of $35 a month to have that covered and have everything inside of it covered. If the six to $8,000 furnace, the furnace and air conditioner go up in that house, I'm paying $35 a month to fix it. And at and there's a small copay every time I call them to the tune of $75. So I'm paying $35 a month effectively for the insurance. And if an $8,000 repair is needed, I call them, I give them $75 to come out and look at it, and then they fix it for $75. I can't possibly imagine a better bang for the buck with regards to personal coverages and personal peace of mind than something like a home warranty. A lot of people are not fans of home warranties. I fully understand why if you have and if you have an enormous amount of money in the bank and or you are an absolute demagogue when it comes to personal savings and saving trying to save every different way that you can on everything, home warranties might seem like a waste of money if you've got the money sitting around to cover these things. But a lot of us don't. Home warranty is something that can be incredibly helpful for everybody because once you get the money saved up to repair these things, great, go ahead and cancel the home warranty. But month one, if you have a $10,000 repair in your house, you're screwed. And that's this is something that can hedge against that. So I highly highly recommend looking at home warranties for a single family home like the one that we had in the county. I'm paying just a smidge over $50 a month for it. And like I mentioned, the small row house in the city, it's like $35 a month for it and you can pick and choose added or enhanced coverages or you can subtract out certain things. But generally speaking, these warranties cover everything in the home that's not That's not the roof and not the foundation and not hidden behind walls. So if you've got an electrical problem, generally speaking, electrical problems are easily exposed because most of the time when you see electrical system damage, those problems tend to be happening at the points of intersection with the electrical system. You don't often find problems with the electrical system hidden behind walls. It's usually at the outlets, at the box, you know, at, you know, at or very very near the boxes that are plugged all around the house. So those things have always been covered in my experience, and the same goes for plumbing. You don't often have a massive plumbing leak in the middle of a wall where there is no interaction with the outside world. It's typically a faucet, a spigot, like main main access points to plumbing, all of which are generally covered, again, by this, in my case, $75 deductible. This is mind-numbingly simple and something that I highly recommend everybody to do. That's that's been my experience. If you have a different opinion, I would love to hear it. But I am definitely a something of a uh, a fanboy when it comes to these home warranties because I just know that myself. I just know for myself and my family, we have taken full advantage of the programs and we have gotten so much out of having one that it's it provides such a level of peace of mind for us that there's no way and I'm ever going back. That's really all I wanted to cover for this time. The as we've moved into the RV in the last week, we ran into the situation of when we move when we first moved in day 1 last Sunday we, we couldn't figure out how to connect the water at all. We had no running water because all the water that we had connected to the RV was just leaking right back out of a different valve and we couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So we effectively had no running water day one. That was exciting. Day two, we figured out that part, but then realized that the water heater wasn't working. So we didn't have hot water, which made an exhilarating experience when it came to showering. Huh. Anyway, third day, our propane wasn't working, so we could not cook. Day four, our washing machine dryer combo that we recently installed, every time it hit a spin cycle, it would literally shake the RV and rattle itself across the bathroom floor to the point where the only way we could ever do laundry would have quite literally seeing me laying across the top of the unit, holding on to the wall to hold it still so that it wouldn't shake its way across the floor. My wife got a picture of it. No, I'm not going to post it. So day day over day day after day, we've been running into little things here and there that we we're just weren't expecting to have happen, and they cause they cause they cause stress. And those are th- these are all things that can be easily prevented if you put your head if you put your head down and plan for it, both financially and otherwise. So that's really where I'd like to leave it. We are plowing ahead in our move into the RV. I know that a lot of you have been following along in that little sort of subplot in the Small Moves podcast recently. So I just wanted to give a heads up as well. Um, if you are still with me, and I know that we missed a couple of episodes in the last week and a half because we have been in this process of moving and that's just sort of thrown a little bit of a wrench into the editing process of the show. So I very much apologize for that, but we are here. We are still publishing. I am back and I am super excited to get back on track for this upcoming week. Um, Next Tuesday's interview episode is actually going to be one of our rarely recorded State of the Union episodes where it's going to be both my wife and I uh, talking about the process of downsizing and moving into the RV itself, just to kind of give a little bit of an update in that category, as well as some tips and hints for anybody that's looking to not even necessarily look at the extreme route that we took, which was moving into an RV, but some ways to plan to do some consolidation in your house just to sort of simplify things because regardless of whether you're looking to downsize or not generally speaking if you're listening to this show you can probably get by with a little less crap in your house so we're going to be talking a little bit about that and we will release that next tuesday i'm really glad that you're here thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show i really appreciate you you've got this